Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Code Radio Productions. The greatest podcast in the world, the market at Samuel Plan, the devil's advocate Shinobi, the lunatic king Maverick, and single syllable mother, the right side of the pond. And of course, if you're not down with that, we got two words. Up, loads of pain, and welcome to the right side of the pond. It is Friday, and welcome to our Money in the Bank preview. Uh, I suppose that this very much seems like a pay per view which WWE have to get right, really, to stop the bleeding as much as anything else. I mean, it's gone beyond sort of uh, restoring anybody's faith and more towards kind of like reminding people that they're even semi competent uh, based on the last. I mean, how many weeks are we from WrestleMania now? Five weeks out from WrestleMania? Um, Feels like it, a lifetime. It does, doesn't it? And, uh, you know, it, it, WrestleMania being such a positive show has been replaced by, you know, four or five weeks of utterly incompetent television um, and more and more reports of just absolute uh, raging chaos backstage um, amidst a backdrop of AEW very definitively getting their act together, getting TV deals, getting uh, pay-per-view platforms sorted out and continuing to sign wrestlers. And you just think uh, you are playing into their hands in, in, in every single way imaginable. But did you read that report that, um, uh, that came out sort of just chronicling, a lot of what's been going over the last four weeks. I think it was like a, a drunk former writer, like called into a podcast and like laid out like what, what had yeah. been going on. I mean, it's, it's, it's a curious thing, isn't it? Because on the one hand, a lot of what was said, you sort of given what we see on TV, it's very easy to believe every word of what was spoken. On the other hand, it's irresponsible to not go, okay, a former writer and well, actually an alleged former writer who's drunk may not necessarily be the most reliable source of information in the world, but it's easy to imagine that there's at least a kernel of truth in, in what was said, because there's that thing as well. I don't know if you saw about triple H liking a couple of yes. uh, tweets and then unliking them. Uh, and you know, there's reports now going on that he's one of the most frustrated people backstage. It's, it, I mean, we've said before on the show, haven't we, that it's, that it, over the since 2016, especially, it's become increasingly difficult to not look at the way WWE TV has been going and saying, "Okay, there's got to be a correlation with what we're told about everything going through through Vince." Especially at this point, because at this point, it's clear that I mean, it's just, it's bizarre how history. You know, I always say history doesn't repeat itself in the literal, but it's bizarre how sometimes it can because now we've got a competing promotion. Uh, that's going to be airing on TNT of all channels. I mean, you know, how providential is that? Uh, at the same time that WWE seems to suddenly be suffering from all of the things that we've been conditioned for years to believe uh, blighted WCW in its in its final days. I mean, it's it's quite the bizarre time to be a wrestling fan right now. I mean, interesting time to be a wrestling fan, I think, as oh, well. absolutely, I mean, yeah. yeah. Uh, Matt and I obviously spent last week discussing the, uh, the AEW to ITV news over here. Uh, and and as, as you alluded to there, the TNT deal being announced uh, in the US uh, is obviously huge too. And then uh, Imp tweeted out a report that uh, perhaps um, WWE might be, might be looking to, uh, to, to move on from Sky and to go to BT, which uh, again is, is, is kind of interesting. Uh, so, I mean, I guess... The, the the interesting thing from that writer's uh, sort of call-in for me was 
that sort of everyone has to remember they're always writing for an audience of one and it doesn't matter what anybody yeah. else thinks and that's such a good way to put it because when you watch WWE TV sometimes it is like you can pick out the things that were Vince and there were all oh, that yeah. were all that were written to amuse Vince and uh, obviously they gave the revival shaving back uh, skits as an example of that um, which is uh, as you as you said on Twitter at the time depressingly retrograde and homophobic to the the, the point of you know the, the point of ridiculousness uh, well yeah to, to you know without wanting to uh, you know come off as a, a, a member of the outrage culture that has a tendency to overtake social media sometimes it was you know it was it was offensively retrograde uh, in the way in, and just ugly in the in, in the in what it was implying uh, and did, did neither side any favors you know it, it was like something straight out of 1996 i mean it was biz- just just yeah the less said about it the better honestly but yeah it's it's um like you say you know this audience of one thing is is becoming increasingly obvious uh, the fact that there is you know i mean just they they lean on the superstar shake-up supposedly to have, have kind of uh you know freshened things up or whatever um, and as we were saying at the time, you know, it, it, they did it and then they undid it and then they did it again and they're still doing it and undoing it. Um, I mean, one of the one of the things that strikes me most prominently about Money in the Bank, uh, and by the way, it's gotten to the point now where I'm not even checking the YouTube clips anymore. I'm just done with it because it's like I watch the pay-per-views, you know, and the I'll probably do the video packages that sum things up nicely. And if I hear rumblings that, you know, X match was really good or something, then I'll probably check it out. But I'm not I'm not committing any more of my time to this shit show, which is the only way to describe it. Um, and, and, you know, one of the sort of things that struck me uh, in the last week was that they've announced Daniel Bryan and Eric Rowan against the Usos on the pre-show for Money in the Bank. And it's like, well, first of all, that's the SmackDown Live Tag Team Champions wrestling, a team that's just been drafted to Monday Night Raw. Uh, and second of all, that's a guy who just headlined WrestleMania. I mean, that's just obviously one tiny, tiny corner of this mess. And, you know, I'm looking forward to Seth, Seth versus AJ. I'm looking forward to Seth versus AJ for meta reasons more than anything uh, sort of in-universe. Um, apologies, by the way, folks, if you're a regular listener to Sports Entertainment Instead, I had some technical issues that prevented me from getting a show out this week. But even there, I'd, I'd uh, recorded a show that uh, didn't do. I usually do the alternative pre-show ahead of pay-per-view. I didn't do it because it's just even I'm struggling to find anything in all of this to actually, you know, really get on board with. I mean, it's it's either repetitive or it's retrograde, as you were saying, or it's just nonsensical. And I was thinking to myself earlier today, uh, you know, this must be, for me, the worst creatively that the product has ever been. And I mean that, you know, ever. Because I could go back to 2010 when it sucked, or 2011, and it it was terrible, but at least there there was some semblance of, you know, at least storylines played out. At least there was something sensible about what they were doing. It was just poor, but it was sensible. You know, now it's poor and not sensible and just bafflingly inaccessible. Uh, and, you know, when you've got all this stuff with AEW going on, uh, it puts WWE in a very tenuous position. I mean, they're making a lot of money. You know, it's 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 a bit early to be, to be making apocalyptic predictions here. Um, but if they don't get their act together, you know, it might not be too early to be making those kind of predictions in another couple of years, which is which is a really stunning thing to think about. And it all stems from this kind of smugness of being the only game in town, doesn't it? And, and I, can oh, I yeah. you know, and I think you mentioned the, the shake up. Well, what's interesting about the shake up in particular is that, again, it was done. Um, uh, but. Uh, that report suggested that that what was planned was changed by Vince an hour before Raw went on air. Which is mad, isn't it? it so all these wrestlers didn't know if they were moving or not. Some wrestlers moved and got moved back and because they hadn't thought out things like real life marriages. Uh, and it's and, it, and then they kind of like put out this PR spin on it saying, oh, you know, we want to be the well-being company. The same week, more or less, that 
uh, a documentary comes out about their lack of healthcare for their for their wrestlers. <laughs> it's just you know, it's just kind of like uh, and, and and the same the same week they announced they're going back to Saudi Arabia again. Exactly. Um, you know, after they've done that homophobic bullshit with the revival, I mean, it's uh, crazy. Yeah, where and and also they've got to be. I mean, obviously they've been uh, running a fair amount of. Uh, racial based stuff with the Kofi mm. Kingston title shot uh, and in the aftermath a little bit as well. I mean, even Kevin Owens's parody of inverted commas, big O had, you know, some, I don't know, some uncomfortable aspects to it for me. So yeah, it's, it's not, it's not been to put it mildly uh, a very good uh, five or six weeks for them. And, you know, Ah, uh, yeah, it's difficult to see where they go from here. Uh, really, I mean, it's it's one of those things. I think we've come to expect that WWE in the summer months uh, does not do very well, and they usually, uh, in recent years, have pulled it back around Survivor Series or so. Uh, so I guess we'll just have to see how things are. I mean, as you suggested before, Money in the Bank is one of their biggest shows. In fact, me and Mazda did a show uh, a few weeks ago talking about how it essentially is the fifth uh, of a big five, and so. You know, usually you'd expect this to be something that people came away from thinking, oh, OK, things aren't so bad. But, you know, it's it, it's it's difficult because they've they put themselves in such a corner with, you know, a, a portion of the fan base. Yeah, I mean, it feels different this time somehow. I think whether that's because of the AEW stuff going on in the background, I don't know. But uh, it, it, it feels like we're we're headed towards a flashpoint. Uh, and who knows, you know, what that's going to take the form or shape of. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this just goes on and on and on and on and on forever for the rest of time. Uh, you know, but but as I said, it, it's true they're making more money than they've ever made. But at the same time, if people stop watching and, and it ends up that not really anybody's watching, then they're not going to be making much money. Um, well, these and... TV deals rely on the fact that uh, they are... You know, they are ratings pullers for those TV shows. I mean, uh, obviously, people don't watch, uh, you know, live TV in quite the way they used to a lot of the time. But still in America, it seems that, you know, uh, for Fox and for uh, what's the other network? USA, like they do still see those shows as being uh, original content that, that, that pulls in more viewers than repeats of some other crap that they happen to own. So as long as they're happy to pay them the big bucks for it you know all the better i guess and the same for sky over here but the, the problem is is as you say if they stop gaining new fans uh and the network numbers stagnate and then they start to lose these tv deals then suddenly they would they would be in a bit of trouble yeah absolutely especially if at the same time there's a, because this is it's the big thing isn't it is that there's suddenly an, an uh, a readily accessible alternative um AEW have to do well, and they have to hit the ground running. I think, and they have to to um, uh, to uh, not abandon because they they've already announced they're going to run with certain ideas that have kind of been vaguely sketched out. Not all of them, I'm confident, are necessarily good ideas on paper. Things that have been tried before, this reliance on statistics and stuff rarely works out in 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 wrestling from what we've seen. But who knows? Um, and then, you know, and ultimately they, they're still reliant on an old pay-per-view model. So there's still a lot to to see in terms of, you know, how the landscape settles uh, over the course of the next 12 months. Um, but it certainly feels like there are, there are things in motion that could irrevocably alter the landscape of professional wrestling in a way that we haven't seen since 2001. Uh, and that's... Uh, you know, beyond any, I mean, that alone is exciting. It's just a shame that, you know, we're, we're being asked to commit still to this awful product that just, you know, infuriatingly has taken what I consider to be the most talented generation of, of wrestlers I've ever seen in my lifetime as a fan and managed to take them and, and put them in a product that sucks. You know, and that infuriates me that they've that, that, that someone like Dean Ambrose feels he has to leave the company, uh, purportedly, to be able to just be able to ex to to you know express himself creatively. The guy guy like Seth Rollins, 
is put in the top position in the company and isn't really able to do anything with it because everything that he's being fed is is crap. That that people like the New Day, Kevin Owens, you know, Mustafa Ali, and so on and so forth. I mean, they've just booked a headlining match between The Undertaker and Goldberg in 2019 in Saudi Arabia. Like, it's just an awful, awful look for them. It really is. And, and you know, increasingly they're looking like a company who, with, with ever more transparency, are simply trying to sell the idea of a good conscience. And, you know, it may just be that one of the most important battlegrounds that any competition with AEW is, is fought on is WWE selling conscience and AEW operating with one. Um, and, you know, it's going to be that alone is going to be a very interesting thing to see pan out. But hopefully, you know, as vain as the hope may be, maybe they surprise us all again on Sunday uh, and maybe they get their act together. But I'm not confident that they will. And I think that this situation is only going to get worse as we head towards SummerSlam. Honestly, I think the best thing they could do at this point as a start is to give themselves the sort of the you know the fresh the blank sheet of ending the brand extension and sort of almost starting from scratch call uh, call a bunch of talent you know spring clean the roster end the brand extension and just try and 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 re uh, do a hard reset maybe at SummerSlam. Well, I mean, there is some hope, isn't there, in the sense that there's a lot of rumors out there that Fox and USA both want the brand extension to be over the wild card thing. Uh, and plus what happened with Ricochet and uh, Black back in sort of March, February time uh, seems to be like, you know, because they did a soft end of the brand extension the last time and then they finally hard ended it when Orson and Cena had that ladder match. Uh, TLC 13. Um, was it TLC 12? That to was... be fair, I think it ended before even that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, that's the, the definitive end to it isn't it uh because they unified the title so i mean it's uh yeah so there is some hope there i think um the fact that they've also merged the writing staff so smackdown will no longer have um separate writers supposedly so i mean again that might be an indication where things are going i mean i thought it was very interesting to hear that both stephanie and triple h have tried to talk to vince and tell him that it's terrible uh but he just isn't hearing it i mean the fact that even stephanie apparently is frustrated by the whole thing is uh, i think is, again an interesting detail about all this and shane as well i think the report said well i mean shane walked um, out the last time didn't he i mean shane oh, walked God. out in you know 2010 or whatever because he was kind of fed up of not being listened to and then also saw the way the lie of the lamb was hunter and stuff so yeah it's it's certainly interesting times so I mean, let's run through these matches then we'd have to spend uh, we've actually kind of had an interesting chat about the the lay of the land which i think is more valuable so we don't spend Quite. a ton of time on any of these um so you mentioned brian rowan uh together uh you know like winning the tag team championships and then facing the usos in a non-title match in a dark show dark show pre-show uh, which uh, as you say is is not like the world's best booking. Um, I haven't actually seen the match that everyone, uh, you know, sort of poured scorn on for the 93 super kicks. But, uh, you know, if anyone has seen it, just describe how bad it was. And then I won't have to watch it. <laughs> Quite. I only saw a clip of it that got tweeted. You know, sometimes you, you come across these like one minute, 20 second clips on Twitter or whatever played it and there was probably about 15 super kicks in that that single 90 seconds so um they've obviously uh, seen what's working for the young bucks and gone let's do that or their agent has um i mean interestingly enough i thought it was quite funny that they uh, that wwe just coincidentally happened to tweet out or retweet a post by itv news um that had uh, what's the face on the uh Becky Lynch's opponent, I forget her name, Lacey Evans. Yeah, Lacey Evans, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, yeah, whatever, it's fine. You know, I, I get frustrated. It's like, how do you, you moan all the time about how you've got no new stars. Well, you know, there's no consistency in the way you treat them. Like I say, to take a guy from headlining WrestleMania and then he's not even on the main pay-per-view just because he's a tag team champion. So, obviously, tag teams, they go on the pre-shows. Like, come on. You know, Daniel Bryan holding the, the titles, regardless of who he's wrestling, that makes just Daniel Bryan being in the match 
means that it should not only be on the main pay-per-view, but it should be one of the top matches on the main pay-per-view. It's called roster positioning. Yeah, I was about to say, it's one of the things we've preached all the time, isn't it? Um, yeah, very frustrating in that sense. Um, okay, so let's look. Uh, Cruiserweight Championship, uh, Tony Nese, of course, won it at WrestleMania against Aya Daivari. Um I mean, is I mean, I'm glad to see Daivari get a chance in a in a kind of more prominent spot. Uh, as we've said before, 205 Live has been somewhat denuded of its stars, so yeah, I guess some guys get a chance to step up now. Hipster word of the month: denuded. <laughs> um, yeah, sure, it'd be interesting. Um, I don't really know what to make of it, to be honest. I'm not a huge Tony Nese fan, in all honesty, and I know that he has a certain following. Um, but I, there's, I, I just, I'm utterly unconvinced by him. I was unconvinced by him as a, as a villain. I'm unconvinced by him as a, as a hero. I just, there's something about him that I'm just, I can't be sold on. I think, I don't know what it is. Um, but you know, I mean, he's had good matches. I'm not saying he, he the guy can't wrestle. I'm just saying that his, he lacks a certain star presence for me. So, um, but Ari Davar is an interesting one. He doesn't seem to have... Uh, he's managed to avoid, I think, the, the, the ethnocentric pitfalls that often come with WWE, uh, probably because Vince uh, doesn't know what's going on on that show, I would imagine. Um, so, yeah, I'm sure it'll do the cruiserweight thing, which is just tear the house down unexpectedly, uh, you know, and be one of the best matches of the night, probably. Yeah, I mean, yeah, for a pure ring point, I'd, I'd imagine so. I mean... I think with I think with uh, you know with someone like Nice, it's just a case of uh, that belt badly needed somebody else other than Buddy Murphy to be carrying it, and and, and he's yeah. the guy who currently is. So you know I I, I, I don't I don't mind that at all. Um, yeah, I think it'll be decent. I mean I I, I imagine that Nice will retain. Uh, they've gone very much challenge of the month for the cruiserweight championship, which I again I'm a fan of. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and it suits that that scene and that championship. Absolutely, uh, I think as well. Uh, based on this week's events, that you know we're getting some crossover again because Legero uh, was on two hundred five live this week. Um, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. The more uh, the more NXT UK uh, in the rest of the product, the better. Absolutely. Uh, so let's move on to the main card then. So the match that should have taken place at WrestleMania, uh, but sort of obviously had to be like 30 seconds long because Rey Mysterio was injured or something, uh, which was Samoa Joe, uh, be Rey Mysterio. I imagine they'll get a bit longer this time. Or are they just going to have Joe Merkin him again? <laughs> to be fair, I wouldn't mind that. Um, but it'd, be, it'd be nice to see them get some match time though, wouldn't it? Because I imagine the two of them could put on a hell of a a hell of a show for people. Ray's been in uh, a great form uh, since he came back. And Joe is just infinite. I mean, why Joe still isn't sort of one of the top guys in the company on a, on a sustained basis. I have no idea. Everything about him is credible and, uh, you know, compelling. He, and just, just really, really entertaining to watch. So uh, it's always a pleasure to see Samoa Joe wrestle. Uh, Ray's on great form. Uh, and hopefully they'll have. I mean, again, it's it's a match that I'm sure. And this is this is indicative of the product and this pay per view as a whole. And, and I imagine more pay per views still to come for many many months, which is you know you can you can rely on the uh, combinations booked to put on some really fun matches. But the matches will rarely be able to exceed just being really fun uh, because there's no sort of decent story to support them. And that's often the X factor between something that is, you know, a good match and you go, oh, wow, and something that genuinely takes your breath away. Uh, so I imagine it's going to be a good match, but it will it will not be able to be anything more than that, which is a, a funny thing to say. I know because a lot of people will say, well, if you get a good match, who cares? But I'm a guy who wants a match to be more than just good. You know, I'm a guy who wants a match to, to feel like it means something. Well, this is the thing about the U.S. title, though, isn't it? And I think more than any other WWE uh, championship it's it, it's one which just never gathers any importance other than I guess arguably when Cena was having those disgusting matches with people um, mm. uh, like it never it never gathers any importance because it's just treated as this 
oh, we need to put is, put uh, a mid-card match on the pay-per-view. Let's stick a US title match here. Because if you look at it, right, Finn Balor's carrying this kind of championship and he is in the Money in the Bank match. Um, you know, for me, like, why isn't the Intercontinental Championship being uh, defended? If Finn Balor wants to be in the Money in the Bank match, like, sorry, mate, you got to work double duty. Like, it's just, mm. I, there's so much, like, inconsistency with how titles are treated. Like, one pay-per-view, you will have the US title on, another one will be the Intercontinental. Sometimes it'll be both of them. Sometimes it'll be neither of them. And, and there's no... No internal consistency there at all. I think the US title in particular has all has to me almost always felt completely irrelevant. Uh, and I'm going all the way back to when it was like introduced on SmackDown back in 2003. Like I understood then because they wanted an equivalent mid card title when they had the hard brand split the first time. Um, but it but for a long time now, even when Cena was carrying it, it just always felt you know kind of like a bit of an afterthought. Uh, and still does, and it's you know, talking about you know, hopefully they maybe they 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 lean into some kind of hard reset. They end the brand extension, unify those two championships, because for the life of me, I mean, even when they they ended the last one, they still maintained the two mid card titles, even after they'd unified the world titles and the tag titles and the women's titles, and and it's, I think it's because they struggle, or Vince struggles or whoever struggles to put together story driven mid card matches now so having the u.s title around is just a useful form of guffing for them to lean on and not have to bother about a story or that you know they just won the u.s title but yeah absolutely because if you if you unify the championships then you'd be able to have the title defended and another guy in the money in the bank and not worry about someone pulling double duty but you know it is it is what it is and you know i mean i for one would love to see the story of an intercontinental champion defend the title and then go on in the Money in the Bank match as well. Like those kind of things I, I always usually really enjoy. And Finn's the kind of performer we'd be able to sell it well. And, you know, like, this is the thing is, again, you look at the Rumble, if you have a title like uh, that's below the top belt, you have usually you defend it and then you go in the Rumble. Uh, you know, Dean did that, of course, famously in 2016. Um, yeah, so... It, it's yeah, yeah, it's frustrating to me the way they kind of they can't make their minds up as to what their titles are and what their titles mean, you know. And it, it it's it's sort of yeah, it's it's all a bit ridiculous. But yeah, as you say, Joe and Mysterio, I, I dare say they'll get ten minutes and, and use it well. Um, all right, let's move on and have a look at let's have a look at Roman Reigns versus Elias. So, I mean, you have to feel for Roman Reigns he gets a long-awaited refreshing move to Smackdown and then he gets put in this retread of a anti-McMahon mm. storyline and mm. then is furthermore saddled with the 260 pound albatross known as Elias uh I just like I, I cannot still get over the ongoing sabotage of Roman Reigns' career. The man beats cancer, comes back, and and this is his storyline. I I cannot get my head around that. It's bizarre, isn't it? It's just another example of uh, a company or indeed an audience of one who uh, has no fresh ideas left, if he ever had any in the first place. And... and yeah, I mean, that's probably a little harsh, but but that's the mood that I'm in. Um, and, yeah, like you say, it's, you know, the guy comes back from an incredibly emotional experience, one that everybody, even those who were his fiercest critics, were able to empathise with him for. Uh, they put him in a relatively decent uh, story with Drew at WrestleMania, and then you follow it up with just something that isn't anything, because it's an anti-McMahon thing, but it's not really completely an anti-McMahon thing because there's really an Elias thing, and Elias is, you know, just a TV guy. Like, he's not, you know, he's he's a guy who used to fill TV space, seemingly, uh, and, like you say, it's just flat. And, and Roman Reigns, right, historically, isn't the sort of performer that... Like you can put a Seth Rollins versus Elias, and you you could and you think all right, Seth might drag something out of him, and indeed he did last year. At Money yeah, in the Bank. Uh, but but Reigns, for all of his many strengths, that probably you know working with mediocre talent isn't one of them. If you put Reigns in there with top tier talent, he will 
you know, he will absolutely knock it out of the park. But I've never seen a Roman Reigns match against a marginal talent that was any good. I mean, you look at his record last year in a match with Jinder that was dreadfully, a match with Bobby Lashley that was dreadful. Uh, and this match with Elias will probably be dreadful um, because Elias is a, a throwback to the aces in not a good way. I mean, he basically, and goodness knows I'm not a moves guy, but he, he literally does punch, kick and that drift away thing. Those are that's Elias's <laughs> moveset, like you know. So and he is and he is no Jake the Snake to make a right hand mean something. No, quite. Like I say, he's a, he's a segment guy, isn't he? He's a he's a guy you used to fill TV. He's not a guy you put into fifteen minute pay per view matches with top stars. Yeah, no, exactly, exactly. Um, you know, and, and Elias's whole career is owed to the fact that Vince McMahon finds him amusing, which comes back to, you know, comes back to it, doesn't it? I mean, they, they pulled the old, uh, you know, the the biggest, like, heel cliche in the book uh, on Wednesday night. Like, they did a house show in Manchester and, you know, and actually, you know, house show in Liverpool and had him come out in a Man City top. You know, it's like, Jesus, have we really not moved beyond... Kurt Angle making fun of whatever sports team <laughs> like City he was in at the time. It's just, yeah, it's just, uh, it's, yeah, still more retrograde stuff. Uh, all right, so I suppose Reigns will probably win, I imagine. Uh, you'd hope so. You would. Um, I mean, what we really need is, is Reigns v Kingston, isn't it? I, You know, it seems to be a bit of a no-brainer as a face-v-face feud that one. And Reigns can do his diesel thing. It'll be fun. But, you know. Yeah, but that would require consistent roster positioning, so. Quite. Uh, all right, so we're going to have a look at a rematch from WrestleMania. I mean, it's funny, isn't it? Because, you know, the old uh, backlash pay per views and so on, right, were always about WrestleMania rematches. And is this our only one? Oh, no, Becky and Charlotte. Kind of. Uh, yeah, it's. It's kind of like been so long since Mania now that the, I've forgotten that Miz and Shane had even wrestled. Uh, but it was a, a, an unexpected success on the night of WrestleMania. It was a match that everybody dreaded and it turned out to be, um, you know, mercifully short and quite intelligently put together. Now they've got a steel cage match, which seems to me to have 35 minutes snore fest written oh, all over it God, can you... <laughs> and it's just it's just another transparent uh waiting game for shane to fall off something tall you know and it's like come on like, like you, you know we've seen this 50 million times it's not really that exciting anymore you know it's gonna happen and the whole like that that's my big issue with the hell in a cell he did with kevin owens is it was like 40 minutes long and you just knew that it was all building up to him jumping off the cell again, and it like he did at WrestleMania. And so it just becomes all exercise just becomes pointless, and it's such a shame that they couldn't have just left it. Yes, that exactly. Anywhere match that was better than people expected it to be, and moved on. In typical WWE fashion, they've got to latch onto a storyline and beat it and beat it and beat it and beat it until it's dead and rotting in the ground. Um, and, you know, I mean, Miz as a babyface has always been a hard sell in the past. And why on earth you would think that the best way to try and get it off the ground this time would be in an overlong feud with Shane McMahon, I have no idea. No, quite. And, and I think the thing is, is that, you know, like, Miz as a babyface, as you say, is a hard sell, but he did a reasonable job with it running up to WrestleMania. So, uh, you know, all right, move him to Raw. And, and put him in a few with Drew McIntyre or something, you know, and, and see if he can run as a babyface. If not, it's no, it's not really hard to turn him here again, is it? So instead, it's like they think, oh, well, yeah, yeah, that, that yeah. oh, God, is Shane McMahon still, like, doing that weird thing where he, like, bullies ring announcers? Because that was one of the more bizarre storylines I've, I've seen in WWE in quite some time. I have no idea. Like I say, I've checked out of TV, so I, I wouldn't be able to tell you. Yeah, me also. Uh, but yeah, like partially <laughs> and because... And here we are previewing the pay-per-view. Par- partially because it, there was a 20-minute segment of him bullying a ring announcer. Like, Well, quite. Yeah. How is that television? Uh, you know, I could watch an episode of Friends in 20 minutes. Um, well, this is true. <laughs> just, 
Uh, anyway, right, so... Um, or, or better yet, an episode of The Thick of It, where Malcolm Tucker will basically just uh, vocalise our thoughts about WWE's product. I mean, you know, you know name me a TV show, Simpsons, whatever. Uh, <laughs> so, um, uh, yeah, not, not a, a smart booking decision uh, in the least. Uh, I think this will be incredibly bad. You know, like, if the WrestleMania one was a pleasant surprise, this will be the crushing inevitability of failure. <laughs> I don't think I can follow that. <laughs> Excellent. Right, we'll move on. Um, <laughs> okay, so let's... Uh, what should we take a look at now? Let's have a look at... Oh, let's look at the women's money in the bank match. Uh, so... I mean, Alexa Bliss news is broken yeah. since we started the show that she's been removed from the match. Yes, indeed. Now, I, like when I saw that news come out, uh, I, I was, I'm a bit worried. I'm a bit worried because she obviously had a long time out with concussions anyway. Um, and if this is a recurrence of that, then you have to wonder, like, how long it's going to be before she's in Paige's situation, and you know being asked to manage random tag teams um so i hope she is okay because she's you know one of the the very best performers on the roster but um i, I mean it, it makes sense not to put anything as dangerous as money in the bank if they do have a worry about her uh but yeah get well soon alexa we love you um so you've got natalia like can we just have a moratorium on natalia like, can we just not have Natalia in something for a change? I mean, I don't know. Uh, yeah, can we just not have... Can we just, like, not have Natalia in something for a change? I just don't understand why... Why is she... Why is she in this match? Like, uh, you know, there's no table with Jim Neidhart's face on it. Like, can we just not do it? Uh... Dana Brooke, who apparently is the hardest worker and is in the ring setting it up with the technicians every night, so good for her. Uh, Naomi, least said the better. Bailey, who of, of course mainly just gets made fun of by the Iconics these days. Mandy Rose, who, who was probably a dark horse to win this, I would think. Uh, I would think, yeah. Ember Moon, uh, pleased to see her get a chance. Uh, Carmella, like, what again? Like, why, is, why do we keep putting Carmella in things? And then, of course, to be announced because uh, Alexa has has has, uh, has dropped out. A uh, few ways they might go with that uh, if they've been just working this Sasha Banks thing, then maybe she shows up. Uh, not sure how much of a work or how much of a shoot that is. Um, could be that they stick a Shayna Baszler or somebody in there uh, if they were going to be really bold, uh, yeah. or it could just be any old jabroni. My issue here is really really do not care. well no quite i mean that is uh that is a major issue isn't it because uh, i mean even if you just look at the talent of the match like i mean who who would i care about winning this mandy and ember i mean i don't really care about anybody yeah. else that's in this but the thing is like with with ember i'd love to see her get a prominent role in the women's divisions but i don't want it to be through money in the bank which is another concept by the way money in the bank that just needs to die a death it's done it's had its day it was useful for a while it's been an albatross for longer than it was useful and it just needs to be finished yeah i agreed i mean i i, I wrote a column on that uh in fact uh it was last year or the year before but yeah i i definitely agree with you there it's it's had its day and it needs to just it needs to go away. I mean, just have a even if they just had a break from it for a bit. And that's what me and Matt were talking about. You know, uh, in fact, would you, you know, could you replace it with King of the Ring for a few years? Um, well, well, one of the things, obviously, last weekend we did the seven million listeners special, myself, Imp, Doc, uh, and the One Nation radio guys. Uh, and, uh, you know, we were talking about that sort of thing, you know, what can they do to get better? And, and I said, at this point, I think they need a radical overhaul of everything. And that means retiring concepts that have now been around for 10 to 20 years uh, and, and going back to basics with everything, you know, and, and not doing hell in a cell for years and not doing money in the bank for years and not doing, you know, ladder matches every two months. And I'm, and I mean, genuinely get radical with it and go sort of down the NXT route and, and rarely do these things at all. Yes. Let indeed. alone, let alone every year 
let alone every other month. You know, and I'm talking years. Like I don't, I would happily not see another Hell in a Cell match for 20 years, 10 yes. years, 15 years. And and I'm talking that radical because it's at a stage now where it feels like, you know, although obviously you know names come and go and we've had spikes in quality and drops in quality and so forth. Fundamentally, the way the product works has not changed for two decades. No, agreed, agreed. And I think the problem is they rely on these crutches. The gimmick matches are a crutch, aren't they? Like people like them because there's some people falling off stuff. And um, and then it, it's kind of like, uh, how many of them have any rewatch value? Very few. Yeah, so we've got sidetracked, as we all want to do. Um, in terms of the women's Money in the Bank match on Sunday, I mean, the, the one kind of silver lining for me is I remember last year thinking both the Money in the Bank matches delivered on the night uh, and kind of exceeded my expectations. So um, I, I can kind of uh, sort of perhaps vainly hope for that. But like I said, as to who wins, I'm I, I'm really not bothered and I really don't care. And maybe that'll be an advantage when I come to watch the show. True, true. I mean, my guess would be Mandy Rose and then she I will so, yeah. uh, walk around with it for quite a long time. And and I would, I would put money, if I was a better man, I would put money on whoever wins it cashing in to take one of the two titles off Becky that night. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, okay, so speaking of which, Becky Lynch is, of course, pulling double duty against Lacey Evans uh, for the Raw Women's Championship and against Charlotte for the SmackDown Women's Championship. So, I mean, there's a, I think there's issues with a couple of these. I like the double duty thing. I think that's great. Have they done the best job with it? No, but I like the concept because I think Ziggler did something similar uh, a while back where he was doing double duty on pay-per-views. I can't remember why he was doing it, but he did. They did it with uh, Seth as well. Um, That's in, right. Uh, 2015 at Night Champions when he wrestled Cena and Sting back-to-back. Yeah, so it, I love the concept. I guess the problem is, is that Lacey Evans is greener than, you know, greener than yeah. chlorophyll. And, uh, you know... Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair have wrestled approximately 973 times already. So you're not going to see anything new in the SmackDown match. I'm sure it would be good because those two have chemistry and history and all the rest of it. But it, it's at Orton Cena levels of, of, of amount of times it happens now. Um, and then, It's worse. It's Charlotte Sasha levels. I mean, nothing could be as bad as Charlotte and Sasha, to be fair. I mean, the matches were <laughs> horrific, if nothing else. Uh, but... But Becky and Lacey Evans, I, I can't see that being a, a raging success. The best you can hope for is a kind of John Cena v. Bobby Lashley from God, whenever that was. Um, it's not a bad shout. You know, so it's it, it's not... You know, you get Becky Lynch, who's the, arguably the hottest star in all of wrestling, uh, and, and then you kind of give her this, you know, albatross of a post-WrestleMania storyline, which is, I guess you know, par for the course with WWE, really. Yeah, I mean, it's so... Um, God, this is proving to be a depressing show. Um, it's so indicative of the company again, isn't it? Because they've got this good idea uh, and they bungle the execution. And it's indicative of the company because they've got 50 million women's wrestlers and we're seeing Becky versus Charlotte uh, for the 5,007,098th time. Uh, and we're seeing Becky and Lacey Evans, who is nowhere near perhaps as good as she ought to be to be in this position and certainly won't be able to deliver as good a match as, say, Becky and Ember Moon might or Becky and Bailey might or Becky and Mandy Rose might, you know, or, or Becky and any of the – even Natalia or Naomi, I would take over Lacey Evans. I know you may not be able to go quite that far, but, um, uh, you know, my point being that, like you say, on the one hand, you've got a match we've seen too many times. And on the other hand, we've got a match we probably don't really want to see because one half is too green. So it's, uh, you know, they've taken what should be a win-win and managed to turn it into a lose-lose. So I guess the big question is, does Becky retain both belts or are but they going to use it? Just, just to interrupt you, frustratingly, they'll get away with it because the match, because the performers will deliver when the match is coming, or at least Becky and Charlotte certainly will. Uh, and that's, again, you know, such a a frustrating thing is is they they write shit uh they 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 lambast their gen their current stars as saying they're not stars but it's those current stars who are turning shit 
into something that's watchable come pay-per-view night. I mean, absolutely, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And I, I, you know, I guess the big thing to ask then is, uh, are they going to keep running with this double duty story back at lunch, which would be the most interesting thing to do, or are they just going to kind of go, oh, let's just make the brand split a bit neater again and we'll have a drop one of them? Um, I mean, I, I, uh, I don't know, but I would think... I don't know in terms of whether it reflects on a neat brand extension. I'm not that optimistic, but uh, I, I, like I said earlier, I definitely think someone whoever wins the money in the bank cashes in and, and wins one of the two titles. I don't think Becky's going to be a double champion much longer after this. Yeah, I, I think my my if I had the book, I would be probably at least getting her through to SummerSlam and seeing you know seeing what she could do with it because when people have this kind of unified champion thing, it's like they never quite execute it as well as they should do. I mean, Jericho writes about that a lot in his book, doesn't he? Um, okay, so Becky Lynch to lose one of the titles by cash-in. Uh, I'd actually like to see Amandy Rose try and cash-in and then ha- get tapped out, that old idea, but I guess we'll see. Uh, okay, so uh, let's have a look at the men's Money in the Bank ladder match then. So we've got Sami Zayn, uh, who hates the audience and everybody else. Ricochet, Drew McIntyre, Baron Corbin. He's done half get around, didn't he? Uh, Ali, Finn Balor, Andrade, and Randy Orton. Randy Orton, still still going. Um, so it, I mean, it's a it's a decent field. I could do without. Corbin probably, and I could probably do that round the Orton, but but it's a decent enough field that you think that they might do something pretty good. Again, the match will deliver, you know. But the the issue for me with this is, um, I mean, first of all, Baron Corbin, another example of the audience for one phenomenon, I think, because um, I'm pretty sure everybody on planet Earth realizes that he's awful. Um, or has been allowed to become awful, I should say. Yeah. Um, but my uh, my issue with this, which is what I covered on the Sports Entertainment is Dead episode that did not and will never air. Um, I guess it's the, the Bret Hart versus McGee uh, <laughs> <laughs> of LOP Radio. Good way. Um, uh, uh, yes, uh, was about the fact that you've got this field of, of uh, Money in the Bank participants that on paper you go okay I can't, you know I know why they've put Ali in this I know why they've put Finn in this I know why they've picked these particular characters to be or, or wrestlers to be in this match but they've basically done it with a view of what stuff can we do in the match you know it's a bunch of guys they've picked because of the stuff they can do rather than a bunch of characters they picked because being in the bank plays into their character arcs. And, and what I did on, on this, this SEID was uh, sort of say, if Money in the Bank happened in 1994, in the summer of 1994, you could have picked these, these New Gen characters because it would have fitted perfectly with their arc to demonstrate two things. First of all, that New Gen is awesome, as you and I know, but also, second of all, to demonstrate how much you know that kind of of foundation can help elevate something like money in the bank concept like money in the bank into being more than the sum of its parts but as it is it will remain basically limited to being the sum of its parts which again will be a very entertaining sum but you know will leave me wanting a little bit more i'm sure i look forward to see what ali in particular does in this because i think he's got the the chops to really be able to create one of those kind of magical uh versions of the Match that anchors itself around a central narrative if he's allowed to do so. Um, but the, the the prospects of, of who might win are kind of bleak for me. I mean, I I I, I dread the idea of Baron Corbin winning a second one in the bank. Oh my game. god! But it <laughs> yeah. feels it feels like something WWE would book right now. Uh, my guess is Drew McIntyre, uh, just because his whole persona over the last year has been i think heading this way and i'd say ricochet was the uh uh the kind of outside contender simply because uh yeah i mean like who wouldn't want to see ricochet v seth rollins for example well indeed uh so yeah i mean oh yeah i i can't see i can't see corbin winning it despite you know prophecies do orton i wouldn't think so zane 
Promos might be fun, given what he's doing at the moment. Although, it's quite funny as well that, like, those Sami Zayn promos about, like, the fans being crap and stuff are all Vince's idea, supposedly. Yeah, well, quite. (laughs) I'm sure the feeling is mutual. Um, Excuse me. (coughs) Oh, God. (coughs) I'm choking on the idea of Sami Zayn as Mr. Money in the Bank. (coughs) Um, I forgot what I was going to say now. I derailed myself. Well, that was that was dramatic. Uh, let's uh, <laughs> let, let's 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 move on then and have a look at uh, the two. Oh, that was what well, I was going to say. That was what I was going to say. Is the most depressing thing is whoever wins it, you know immediately, you know what's going to happen is there'll be a quote unquote surprise cash in, uh, and either they'll win or they'll lose. But either way, they'll have a title reign that won't sustain them in a main event because. Money in the Bank has proven itself to be a concept that cannot sustain people at a top level unless your name is Edge. Or Seth Rollins. Or Seth Rollins. But I would venture that Money in the Bank was a minor part of, was really just kind of the moment that that kind of... Oh, I suppose you could say this. Yeah, all right, okay, Seth Rollins as well. Uh, yeah. And, and I mean, you might argue Alexa Bliss, but I guess it depends if she ever comes back or not. Um Right, then, let's have a look at the two men's title matches, world title matches. Kofi Kingston, Kevin Owens first. We did say at the time Kevin Owens came back that it was pretty odd that he was being booked as a a, a babyface, even though he was being inserted into the match with uh, Brian instead of Kofi, which seemed a heel move. Uh, so, like, I, I think the most confusing thing is about Kevin Owens is that they... They ran these vignettes of him being a family man and eating popcorn at a cinema and, you know, and all that stuff, which seemingly to promote him as a babyface. And then they realised pretty quickly that, oh, no, hang on, we've got Kofi Kingston as champion. He'd better turn heel. Um, I don't mind the heel turn. I think that was, you know, that was fair enough. Kevin Owens doing power bonds and aprons. Fine, it's what Kevin Owens is good at doing. Uh, but, yeah, the, the, the sort of... Uh, Kevin Owens joins the New Day as Big O and then betrays them thing. It was all a bit uh, all a bit half-baked, really, wasn't it? Uh, but I dare say these two could have a good match with each other again. Yeah, yet again, a match that will deliver on the night, despite the material that they've been given. And that, you know, by the way, that's what I've always said about this generation is, uh, you know, I think their success is relative to the circumstances for every generation that they are. Uh, performing under and this generation has had to contend with bullshit that no other gen has ever had to contend with um, on multiple fronts and yet they've still managed to make you know watchable to great stuff out of what they've been given I think that speaks to why I've called them the most talented one that I've seen but that's just an aside Um, I mean the Kevin Owens thing is is a quintessential example of lack of forward planning lack of foresight living week to week uh, you know, um, uh, evidence of, of how enslaved the product is to Vince's whim. Uh, and because, you know, they, they were going to have him wrestle at WrestleMania, then they changed to Kofi, but instead of just waiting to bring him back and carrying on running those video vignettes until they could kind of figure out a, a readjustment a little bit to decide how to reintroduce him to TV, even if it was just a story-driven on top feud with Daniel Bryan, I think a lot of people would have enjoyed uh, they just rushed him out of fast lane. That meant they built to his title match re- that he was returning on in two weeks while there was something else going off that people were more interested in, which did him very few favours. Then they introduced Ali to remind people that actually that was never going to be Kevin Owens's match either. Uh, then they realised that they had nothing for him at WrestleMania, so I think he was left off the WrestleMania card entirely. Yeah. Um, which was not a good look to say just not only was he meant to be one of the company's top guys, but he was also freshly returned and freshly, freshly turned as a baby face. Uh, and then uh, they realized that everything's been bungled. So they turn him into a, into a bad guy, which is done as a reaction to Big E not being around seemingly. And, and the whole thing is just bungled Kevin Owens return that should have been able to see him reascend to the top spot he should be in. Uh, and instead has immediately just once again, I mean, you talk about Roman Reigns' career being sabotaged, has once again undercut uh, Owens to the point where, to me, it feels, and people may disagree, but to me, this feels stone cold. Yeah, it no does. No pun intended, because it's just, it just, you know, like, 
I mean, fine, even... whatever. And I don't think it's done Kofi any favours either, who I think for some fans was already fighting a bit of a stigma as a mid-card-for-life guy. Uh, you know, and you bring him out of WrestleMania as WWE champion and you throw him this kind of just 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 this dead fish of a feud. I mean, even I mean, you said about about sort of this being Stone Cold. Even this whole thing about trying to give Kevin Owens like a stunner as a new finishing move, like I, I can't I can't really get on board with that, especially because he just doesn't do it very well. Um, well, I mean, that was that was uh, you know, Kevin. Lest we forget, Kevin Owens' first main roster match against John Cena, he used the the pop up power bomb, his finish in his first ever main roster match, and John Cena kicked out of it. Yeah, well, at least said about those matches that the better really. I mean, I, I just think that uh, WWE never ever managed to do Cinderella title runs as well as they do Cinderella title victories. Mm. So as soon as Kofi Kingston won that belt at WrestleMania, which was an amazing moment, he was doomed to suffer this sort of a run where. You know he'll have a, he'll have a couple of matches with a couple of people. There'll be there'll be decent to good matches, uh, and then he'll lose it to inverted commas traditional main eventer, and he'll go back to the mid card. Uh, and you know and we'll always have that WrestleMania season, but ultimately it isn't something that will be sustained. And you know that that's just how how those title runs worked. It worked that way with Eddie. It worked that way with Chris Benoit. Uh, you might even say the same of some of Jericho's title runs, really. So. And really of, of of Daniel Bryan's, although I know that got sort of unfairly cut short because of injury and, and other elements as well. Yeah, no, quite both. I mean, I, mean, I guess you got the, the, this time around felt a bit different, didn't it, um, from from November onwards? But yeah, certainly the uh, uh, the one, yeah, the one from twenty fourteen. Yeah, and the one before that from twenty eleven. Twelve. Twelve. Yeah. Uh, okay. So let's have a look then at what we assume will be the main event. Seth Rollins versus AJ Styles. Uh, very much the in-ring worker match of dreams, I suppose, in in the company today. Uh, I guess that's how it's perceived by people on the outside uh, at any rate. Um, but I guess the problem with this match is, as good as it will likely be from a technical point of view... Uh, is that ultimately there's no story. Uh, yeah, which is what I was saying earlier. You know, I mean, I, I was able to kind of interpret some stuff on SCID a few weeks back, um, but it was me just doing the legwork and trying to make something out of nothing. Uh, I think you can do that, but it's it, you shouldn't have to do that. You know, this is ultimate. I mean, on I am glad that they've run with it instead of holding off on it because... Um, you know, sometimes they hold off on things when they shouldn't, and rather than just go for the biggest match they could do there and then, which is sometimes the best thing to do. Uh, and so I'm I'm happy that they've run it. Um, but yeah, like you say, it's it's a shame that yet again they've been able to conjure up nothing other than the most kind of generic sort of, uh, you know, oh they're they're wrestling as a tag team and they've they've hit each other, but it was by accident or was it by accident oh, or, yeah, you know, so and, it's, and it's just the most soul destroying, uh, lukewarm creative that they've been given for what should be, you know, one of the most, and I think to be fair is still for many fans, one of the most exciting matches WWE can do, if not the most exciting match WWE can do. Um, but that's again, for, for, for reasons that are, uh, meta and it should be for reasons that are in universe for my liking and it's a shame they've not been able to conjure anything up especially for something that again essentially writes itself you know aj aj's boasted for however long that he's the that smackdown's the house he built and seth has been banging on for however long about how he's burnt the authority down and made it you know made raw monday night rollins you know you've got you've got instant um, instant narrative right there. Two guys who who see themselves as the definitive guy on the show that they're on. You know, it could have been, been a best in the world versus best in the world type deal. Any number of different things. You know, and but they've they've even turned Seth heel again. You know, I mean, my my concern at this point is Seth has been on this such this 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 powerfully emotional journey for years. You know, and now he's at the end point. And what you were just saying about them not being able to do Cinderella title reigns as well as they do title chases, like 
they need to very quickly for my liking figure out you know how Seth's character now evolves again um, before he just becomes generic worker champion I mean I, I well yeah I mean my wish for Seth would be you know that kind of definitive uh, that definitive Bret Hart title run um, yeah uh, I guess the, the problem is is I mean again I think Seth was responsible for the direction of a lot of the way his character has gone. And yeah. you do assume he has the pull to uh, enable that to happen as it, as he is champion. Uh, you would hope so. My preference for an AJ Styles view would have been this kind of, I would have gone the young lion, old lion thing, you know, because ultimately yeah. AJ Styles is, you know, a good, He's a generation on from from, oh, from Seth Rollins. Yeah, you know, yeah. he's a yeah, good yeah. he's a good. What he must be 10, 10, 12 years older than Seth Rollins. He's well. I've always said, you know, Styles is Cena's generation. He is. He is. He's the same age as Cena, is he not? He is, and he was obviously wrestling at the same time as Cena. It's just he was never in WWE. Yeah, quite. Uh, and of course, he's maintained his his athleticism a, a little bit more than some of the people he's contemporaries with. Uh, but yeah, it's, it, it's, uh, they need something other than I want a fatal four way, you know? Uh, I mean this, I mean, yeah, I mean, this is essentially when you take that generational view of it, this is essentially what you would have got if you'd have, if you'd have seen AJ versus Sean in say like 20, 2009, for example, yeah. or 2008, you know, that's what this is. And, and actually, you can you can look at the Kurt Angle v Shawn Michaels match from WrestleMania 21. Like I know you're not a fan of it, but or I, I, well, maybe that's a bit too strong. But you're not you're I, not well, as no, enamoured of it I, as you once were. Uh, yes. But but certainly, um, you know, AJ Styles v Seth Rollins should be an event of that sort of magnitude. Um, I mean, I hope that it's that it it turns into one. I mean, we've been I've been talking to our show. You know, the match will deliver. I hope it's one of these situations where the match is of such a quality that it becomes a story. Magnitude. Yeah. yeah. That it, or, that or the, it, yeah, the story is, is found in the match and yes. that informs the next match. You, I mean, yeah. you, cause you assume they will have another one. Uh, you assume, I mean, I, I, I don't know if I prefer them to do it one and done with the sort of the, you know, to emphasize the magnitude of it, but I'm sure if they did have another match, then that one would be great as well. I mean, well, it's WWE, so how often well, do you get one and done? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Rarely. Um, okay, so I think Seth to retain. Uh, yeah, I would hope so. I'd be, I'd be frustrated unless they hot potato it. Yeah. Um, but Seth is the kind of character. The again, the journey he's been on, and the whole way that they angled the the chase with Lesnar. You know, and the whole kind of context of the last two years feels like the end point should be a longer title reign for him, especially when you think what he did as IC champ, and especially when you think that's something the Universal Championship itself desperately needs to be rehabbed after having been on Brock Lesnar for so long, Goldberg before him. Um, you would hope that that that, that happens, especially because we've just come off of what felt like three years of AJ's WWE champion. Like, do we really want to move back into an AJ's champion cycle again? Definitely not. <laughs> yeah, definitely not. Uh, okay, so we think Seth Rollins to retain. Maybe they'll go to a non-finish of some sort. You know, there's always that possibility. Uh, okay, so that's Money in the Bank. Uh, as we talked about, rubbish build, but maybe, maybe just maybe this show might end up starting to turn the ship in the right direction. Let's, let's cross all of our fingers on that one. All right. Said, so said with absolutely no conviction at all. No, I mean, but <laughs> conviction needs to be earned, doesn't it? It does indeed. Uh, so before we get out of here, let's, let's just do some plugs. So as Plan mentioned earlier on the seven million listener special, uh, from last Sunday is available Saturday even it's available to download uh, on demand um, you can also of course listen to all the regular shows so Monday with Zaman, Tuesday with the One Nation Radio Boys and then later on with the Global Impact Boys Wednesday with Plan uh, providing he presses record Thursday 
Imp with the perfect 10. Uh, Friday will be us. Uh, and then, of course, you get Doc on a Sunday. So that is our, our lineup for the next I feel like I just bit. need to say before we properly sign off that I did press record. It wasn't that kind of a technical issue that I had. I won't bore people with the details, but I definitely pressed record. I'm not Mazza. I don't lock myself <laughs> out of my own house. Well, quite. Okay. Fair. I mean, plan a uh, vigorous defense of himself there. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, you you could be the judge listener. Um, so <laughs> fuck you, man. <laughs> so of course, as we descend into chaos from the right side of the pond, it's goodbye until next time. Bye. There we go. It's almost an hour. Well, I'm thoroughly depressed. Well, quite. Uh, uh, yeah, you probably to cap it all end up being five hours. <laughs> Oh, God. Well, this is the thing, isn't it? Not only is everything shit right now, but everything's like really, really long shit as well. Uh, at least you're not doing Aftershock. Oh, I know. The sense of relief is I incredible. Bet. I bet. Right, okay, Crazy. I need to go and eat because I'm starving. Yes, so cool. Enjoy. Have a good week, pal. Yeah, and you. Catch you later. Uh, yep, yeah, see you Bye. soon. Bye. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.